on 89.9 The Light, your in conversation with Clayton. And it is just awesome to be able to have a chat via the wonders of Zoom to Lucille Williams. She's the author of the book, The Impossible Kid, Parenting a Strong-Willed Child with Love and Grace. She joins us now. How are you, Lucille? Hello, Clayton. So happy to be on your show today. It's awesome to be able to have a chat to you. Um, we pick up a little bit of an accent. Where in the States are you based? I live in Arizona, in Peoria, actually. Peoria, Arizona. Very nice. Now, I'm, uh, you know, I know a little bit about this. My sense is that tends to be pretty warm most year round. Is that fair? Yes. Right. Yes, very warm. Mostly in the summer, though, is when we get our really hot months. But I don't mind them. That's right. excellent. Love it. Now, you've written uh, from firsthand experience here, right? Because, in fact, you sort of actually write the book with your daughter. How old's your daughter now? My daughter is 33 now, and she still has a strong will personality, believe it or not, but it's all the good things that a strong will personality encompasses. That is something that we often perhaps talk about as we're talking about families and kids growing up, that we tend to talk about, oh, a strong-willed child, almost in the negative more than in the positive, don't we? Do, do you think that's um, a, a fair summation of how we do talk about uh, our kids as they're growing? Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. When we say strong will, we think, oh, they're going to be so difficult to raise and it's, it's so hard. And, you know, it is hard. But no matter whether you have a strong will child or you don't, anyone who has a child knows that being a parent is hard. It is very hard. And there's no playbook like you're you know, everyone. We're just kind of riding by the seat of our pants. No one really knows what to do. You're just, it's trial and error. It's practicing like you know doctors are allowed to practice i think that's what us parents are doing we're just practicing we're just trying to figure it out yeah it is interesting isn't it because there's probably more books on parenting you've written a book on parenting as well that um mm -hmm. than almost maybe any other subject and yet because everybody is individual it's not just like the car manual it's not like these sort of things there is always this it's it's always about taking what we can from these aspects and applying it in our situation isn't it Absolutely. Every child is different. And I think sometimes, you know, we look at these parenting books and we read and we're like, okay, well, this worked for this author and this didn't work, but your child is different. Every child is different. And so we need to look at, okay, how is our child and try to figure out what's the best way to parent and guide our child. Yeah. Um, let's get stuck into the, the, the strong-willed child a bit more specifically. So my first question is, how do we define a strong-willed child? How do we uh, say, okay, is that, and is that actually important to define? Well, that's an interesting question because I just know for me, my strong-willed child, like if you wanted her to go right, she decided she was going left. If you told her you can't touch that or don't, don't do this, it's going to burn you, she would do it just to see what was going to happen. So for me, you know, that's how I defined it with my firstborn. And, and she was so, so difficult. She just wanted to do everything that we didn't want her to do. So I think that's how I would define it. When they want to go one way and you're trying to guide them another way. Yeah. Do you think as, you know, as I've grown and, you know, trying to understand people more, I've often looked at the learning styles that people have as well. You know, there's the auditory, there's the visual, there's the kinesthetic learning. Do you think strong-willed children tend to be more in the kinesthetic? I'm thinking of my brother. I'm sure you won't mind me saying that. Uh, but, you know, he was very much a strong-willed child growing up too and very much experiential. 
um, even to this day, a lot has to experience the things, the consequences of things to understand and and go forward as he, as he works around. I'm pretty sure he'd be fair enough to admit that too. Do you think that's a big key part of the um, the Strongwell chart? I think that they're probably a mix of all the different personality types. However, I do believe that strong-willed kids, they do need to experience things. And, and not just strong-willed kids, but all kids. They need to fail. They need to get up. They need to figure it out. And we as parents, we just need to help them and guide them. And sometimes it's good when they're being strong-willed and obstinate and they're trying to do something. You're trying to guide them another way. Because when they fall and when they fail, and I don't mean fall physically, I mean just kind of fall and they're like, oh, and then they realize, oh, maybe mom and dad do have some wisdom. So I think it is very experiential when they finally like start figuring it out. Yeah. The frustrations I'd imagine for a parent um, around a strong-willed child uh, that, hey, look, I've got, ultimately it boils down a thing to, I've got the best for you and you're not taking the best. <laughs> you're, you're taking another path. It, as you've had to raise your strong-willed child and, and sat down and written a book about it, um, is is that the struggle within a parent most, or are there other struggles that I'm? I mean, I'm sure there are other struggles, but the other key things that I'm missing. Yes. I mean, it's like, just do what I'm telling you to do. It'll be fine. Like, why do you insist on doing these things? And it's causing you problems. Like, please just stop it already. But with my daughter, the way it worked is she just, she was so convinced of something and we would, we would let her kind of work things out a little bit. And then we would spend time talking to her and we would listen and we would say, well, why do you think that this was the way you needed to do it? And we would just listen. And sometimes just because they don't want to listen to you, doesn't mean that you're not making an impact because a lot of times it just takes a little time and just listen and hearing what's going on with them and let them kind of work it out a little bit and then guide them as you go. Like what I found with my daughter, what worked really well was questions. Instead of lecturing her, I'd say, oh, okay, well, you made that choice. Well, how did that feel? Well, how'd that work out? Well, what happened? And then sometimes I would ask a question and she was just explode because she knew where I was going. Like I would point her to the, to the fact that, Hey, this probably wasn't a wise choice to make. And when she realized it herself, then sometimes she would just get mad, but then that would mean more discussion. Yeah. I love that. Um, as a parent, you know, okay. I've, I've sat there, I've gone, right. I've got a strong wheel child. I, I probably identified that pretty early. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall a bit. And I, my sense is that most parents who have strong-willed children get to that point. Um, what are some of the things you said, you know, questions is an idea. What, what are the, the things I need to do at the very start before I get into some of the details? I need to step back and I need to do what as a parent? Give myself some grace. Do I need to, to think Absolutely. about things? What, what's the key things? I think a lot of times we just as people, we think it's about us. Something's going on with our child and we think it's about us. And I think the best thing we can do often in relational situations with our children and just when people in general is step back and go, this has nothing to do with me. This is not about me. And when we can take ourselves out of the equation, then we can kind of look at it objectively and we can try to see, okay, what's going on here? Because our child may have a certain behavior and the behavior looks like a certain way to us. It just looks like they're just 
you know, angry or, or just so obstinate that they're never going to listen to us. But if we back it up and we go, wait, what's going, what's really going on here. And if we can look back and look in and see what's happening, then we can start molding them and go, okay, this is what's happening. And then we can start working with them in a different way. Yeah. When you say what's happening, what, what are, what are the examples I suppose that you discovered as you went, oh, this is what's happening. Right. Well, there was one time I went up to the playground when my kids were in elementary school and my son, who was probably about seven or eight at the time, they didn't know I was in the playground. I was like parked on the street watching. So I'm like, okay, what are my kids like when I'm not around? And I see my son and he's playing this game with little girls where he would run over to them, grab them and throw them to the ground. And then you'd go to the next one and throw them to the ground. I mean, these little girls were dropping like flies and I'm sitting there in my car and I'm just fuming. I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe this child. Who is this child's mother? This must be the worst mother in the world. And I'm like, I'm the mom that this, this is, the, I'm watching. It was just, so I go home and I'm just fuming. I'm like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill, I am just, I, I mean, obviously I'm not going to kill him. And so after I just took some time and I actually prayed and I'm like, God, what do I do about this? But, you know, if, if you're not a praying person, maybe just pause and go, okay, what, what do I need to know about this situation? And so by the time it was time to pick him up, I'd calm down. I brought him into the house and I sat him down. I said, okay, sweetheart, I was watching you today and you were throwing the girls around and they kept hitting the ground like flies. Like what in the world? Like what's happening, honey? Why would you do that? He's like, oh, mom, it's a game. You know, we do that. And I, I play that game with Monica at home all the time. And all of a sudden the lights went on. His sister was older and tougher. And one of the games in our house was wrestling and playing and they would throw each other down and play around. And he didn't understand that it was a girl. It was just a fun game. And I went, oh, this wasn't something he did wrong. This was something I did wrong as a parent, not teaching him that, yes, your sister is tough and you could play like this with her, but you cannot play like this with other girls. So it wasn't his fault. It was my fault. And I had to, and I had to say to him, sweetheart, mommy is so sorry. She did not teach you right. Girls are a little different. We don't play with girls like that. We don't treat people like that. And then I had to go into the proper way to play on the playground. And then we didn't have a problem after that. He did fine. I love it. I love it. I think there's something as you, you spoke then too, that I think there's this balance of, this is probably the wrong word, but balance of blame um, as we were that as we go through, I think it's probably something that kids might feel like, oh my goodness, I'm just so bad. I'm always in trouble. Or parents might end up saying a bit like what you said, oh, every time if my child's doing this, I'm so bad. My sense is that we, neither of those are healthy places to be sitting in. Um, but I'd imagine it's quite easy to feel that as we go through too. Was that an easy place for you to feel as you went through? And then I suppose, how did you deal with that? Right. You know, we need to have grace for ourselves as a parent. You're going to mess up. I mean, if you're a parent and you're listening right now, kudos to you. It is hard being a parent. It is so hard. And what you are doing matters and you are raising the next generation and it's going to matter. And in the future, you've got some great stuff coming and everything you do is it matters. Every little thing, every conversation, every, you know, batch of cookies you make, everything you do matters in the long run. But when you're a parent, 
It feels like it, it just every day, sometimes it just feels like, oh, is this ever going to end, especially when things get a little tougher? And, you know, we're all just figuring it out. Nobody's arrived. Just because you're the parent doesn't mean that you always know what to do. And we need to give ourselves grace and we need to extend that same grace to our children because they're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. And how we handle mistakes, that's what's going to make all the difference in the world. Yeah. I remember my mom with my brother uh, talking often about the fact that her phrase was, um, I ended up just having to pick my battles. Um, mm -hmm. That was her, her, her way of describing it. You know, if if he's going to go and stick his hand into the fire and completely burn his hand, well, that's the one she'll have to stand on today, but others she's going to let go. Um, yep. Is that a legitimate strategy, do you think, as we go forward? I mean, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a coping strategy in many ways with a strong-willed child. Is that the best way to go? I think oftentimes, yes. I would have to agree with your mom because if you address every single thing, then what is our day going to look like? Don't do that. Stop that. Why are you doing this? Come over here. Why are you doing it? Why'd you push your brother? Stop that. Go to your room, brush your teeth. Do you know, and it, it doesn't stop. We're just giving them commands. And, you know, that's not very, you know, loving at the end of the day, even though there are things that need to be addressed. I know with my children, what I would do is take one or two things that I said, okay, these are the things I'm really working on right now, whether it was kindness or to, you know, first time response with mom or not hitting your brother. Other, and that's what I would focus on. And the other stuff, I'd be like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of let those things go. And when it comes to the top of the list, then I'll tackle that one. But I think we need to just take a few at a time. And, you know, safety, obviously, that has to be at the top of the list all the time, because I think our biggest job as a parent is just be careful that our child doesn't kill themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like our number one job. Yeah. And I think, interestingly, as we do say, hey, look, look we're just focusing on this one, all right, safety's always there. But this other ones that we're going to focus on, we have to give permission to ourselves as parents too, when we're in public to be okay, that there's going to be things where we go, Oh my goodness, probably everyone's judging me for letting that through at the mm -hmm. moment. Um, we yeah. have to just be okay. Now that's tough to do though. Right. When everyone else is thinking you should mm -hmm. be dealing with that. And you're like, I've dealt with 7,000 things today. We're letting that one go. Yeah. Uh, do, do you have any strategies to cope in those situations? Oh my, yes. I, I just, when I go, when I would go to a grocery store or I was in public, I'd be just like, you know what? I can't focus on what other people see or what they think as they're looking on. I'm in this for the long haul. This is a long game. And you know, that little segment of time, that's not going to define my parenting. My kids still today, they're all adults. I have three and they still have funny stories. They still make fun of me about times in the grocery store. And when we were in public and I remember when they, I would just be like, whatever, just, I mean, I, I kept them intact, but I wasn't crazy about their behavior. I just addressed it and just said, okay, like, you know, this isn't okay. We'll talk when we get home kind of thing. But I just, I gave myself a pass because you just never know. Sometimes you have that child who loves to just do things in public just to get a rise out of you. Like, I remember I taught my little ones if, because, you know, as a parent, you're always like, I want my kids to be safe. So I ever told them if ever, if anyone's ever trying to take you or hurt you, you just scream, this is not my mom. This is not my mom. This is not my dad. So I'm in a checkout line with my two kids and my son starts screaming in the grocery store checkout. This is not my mom. This is not my mom. And I'm just like, oh no. And I just looked at him and I mean, he could tell by my look, you had better be quiet kid. Cause mom's going to lose it. And luckily the store knew me. And so they knew it was my kid, 
But, you know, my kids love doing that kind of stuff to me when we were in public. Yeah, lucky it was a store you knew. Because imagine if, uh, you know, that woman's now giving him the evil eye and he's shutting up. Maybe she's not yep. really, you know, that's that's a whole, whole lot. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Yep. Lucille Williams is my guest. She's the author of The Impossible Kid. She has written this with one of her daughters as well. Monica, we're going to be back in a couple of minutes' time. I want to talk about a a few things uh, with her. One, uh, how does her faith, her Christian faith, actually impact the way she um, parents a strong-willed child? The importance of laughter, we want to talk about that. Uh, And also, what are the benefits of being strong-willed? We so often, uh, as we said at the start of this interview, sort of focus a bit more on on the negative parts, but what are the benefits? That's all to come next here on 89.9, The Light. In conversation with Clayton. On 89.9, The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton. Lucille Williams is my guest. She's the author of the book, The Impossible Kid. We're talking about parenting a strong-willed child with love and grace. Uh, It's uh, wonderful to be just talking through this, Lucille. So many families have a strong-willed child. And even if we don't, you know, technically have the strong-willed child, there's always moments where our kids have a, a very strong will and we've got to learn how best to parent. Um, we've talked a whole ho- ho- heap already around um, some of those ways, especially as they're, they're younger as well. But I want to touch on a couple of things here too. The, the importance of laughter. Um, I'm somebody who's one of my key values in life is laughter. I just need to have laughter around me. It's it's part of what I'm, I'm desiring in my life. But the importance of laughter, even in the midst of parenting a strong-willed child, because I imagine it can just feel like hard work the whole time and laughter doesn't necessarily seem to be one of those things. Yes, I, laughter is so important. And I think when you're parenting, you need to find something to laugh at every day. And for me, it was usually myself. I was, I was always doing quirky, weird stuff. I would fall down. One time I went to the gym and I had a, uh, a feminine product stuck on the bottom of my shoe. And I retraced that I had had it on there for like an hour and all the places I went. And I just cracked up when I took it off. And then when the kids came home from school that day, I'm like, guess what mom did today, you guys. And so a lot of people get embarrassed at things. But what I would do when I would feel embarrassed about something, I would just tell my kids and then we would laugh. And I think what that does also is it teaches kids, you know, mom does silly, stupid stuff too. And it gives them freedom to be who they are. And yes, I think laughter is so important in relationships and especially with your children. Yeah. Um, That sort of realness factor as well, I think is important in in my sense in parenting general, but I'm wondering how important it is for strong-willed children too, Lucille, that sort of concept that, hey, mom or dad, they they mark up too, you know, this was embarrassing or I often talk in my family, you know, I'm, I try very much. If I do something wrong, I go and sit with my kids and I apologize to my kids. Mm. You know, it's um, dad does things wrong. He's not perfect. He, he, he can't do, he's just can't be perfect. And he mucked it up again on that thing. And, and he's <laughs> yep. asking for your forgiveness. How important is that for a strong-willed child as well? Especially, I suppose, I'd imagine some parents are like, look, I, I just can't give an inch here. So, um, you know, the importance of forgiveness and asking for forgiveness of your child. Absolutely important. I think it's a staple for good parenting. And children are so forgiving. And they're so willing to be, oh, it's okay, mommy, you're not perfect. I remember my kids used to say that to me. And, you know, I'd sit them down and my husband too, and just say, oh, mommy was having a really bad day. And I'm so sorry, I should have never said that to you. I should have never done that. And, you know, sometimes we just we let our fears uh, take over instead of 
you know, doing what probably would be the right choice. I remember my daughter's first day of high school. She looked so amazing. She was such a pretty girl and we were getting in the car. And as she got in the car, when she sat down, her shirt raised up and I could see the side of her, her body. And I just kind of freaked out. I'm like, oh my goodness, look at you. I can see skin. I can see skin. And I started getting all crazy about it. And, and I, I, I said, you look like, and I'm not going to say what I said. If someone wants to know, you could read it in the book, uh, The Impossible Kid. But, and, and, and so she's, and we looked at the time. There was no time for her to change. And so we, you know, get to school. And then she went and she found some friends. And she's like, do I look okay? And they're like, oh, you look great. And then I got home and I'm like, boy, you're a real idiot. You know, instead of just telling her, hey, you look so pretty today and you look amazing. No, I have to freak out because I see a little skin on her side because of my fears. You know, it was the first day of high school. She was getting older. I knew boys were starting to, you know, come into the mix. And so I let my fears take over rather than be a good mom. And, you know, that that kind of stinks to, to act like that. Yeah. Yep. And that, that's that path of forgiveness, which is valuable for all of us as parents, I think. Um, Lucille, faith and, you know, faith in Jesus, a Christian faith is important in your world. Um, help us and understand what it means for you as you parented, especially a strong-willed child. What was the role of faith for you? Mm, it was it was huge. I, I came to faith as a believer in Jesus Christ just before my daughter was born. So as she was growing up and, and, you know, learning the world, I was growing up and learning the world and learning how to be a Christian and learning how to rely on God. So here I'm trying to teach her. And I felt like I was just a big mess. And I I just felt like I was so ill-equipped to be a mom. And I just relied on my faith and I relied on scripture and I relied on God and what God said in the Bible. And when I would come into impasses and go, I just don't know what to do. I, I literally would go in my bed room and just get on my knees. And I would say things like, Lord, this kid is pushing me around. How in the world am I supposed to raise her? Because she's so strong. I mean, my daughter had a stronger personality than I did. And that was very difficult. So if I could rely on God, who is our rock and just has everything we need, then I knew that I could get through it. You know, it was one day at a time. And I just relied on the Lord to, to guide me through. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think there's this beautiful sense as you have uh, this understanding of faith and a God who's greater that, well, at least there's someone else I can go to uh, as well. And I, and I can connect in with it and pray with as well. Um, we understand that not everybody listening right now has that that faith belief. But if you ever want to explore that more and understand more, definitely give our care line a call. 9583-2273-9583 care if you use the letter pad on your phone. Um, Lucille, I wanted to ask as well around the benefits of a strong-willed child and sort of a twofold question. One, the benefits as kids when they're being raised and, you know, especially for you now as you've got adult children who were the strong-willed ones that you raised, uh, the benefits of being a strong-willed child now as well. Could you answer those two? Oh, absolutely. I believe that a strong-willed child is a benefit. And actually, I write about that a lot on my blog, lucez.com. And now that I have adult children, I see all, I can look back and I can see all of those things that were just so frustrating as they were, you know, growing up. And I see that those were the very markers that they needed to be successful adults. And I think what happens is, 
you know, we get so frustrated and we, we have to be careful with that balance. We don't want to quench their spirit, but at the same time, we want to guide it. And when they have that, that strong, never give up, I'm just get out of my way. I mean, that was my daughter, get out of my way. I'm going to plow you over if you don't do what I want. I remember one time she said to me and my husband, a, a girlfriend's parents had done something and she came home and she said, yeah, Annette's parents did this. And you know what? If you guys did that to me, I would make your life miserable. And my husband and I just looked at each other and we knew she meant it. Like that was one of those, you know, pick your battles. We're like, whatever, you can say whatever you want. We're not going to address that one. It's not even worth it. But we knew she meant it. And that's how she was. But here's the here's the blessing of it. She, as she got older and she started learning, she was responsible for herself all of those strong-willed qualities it is what made her such a beautiful young woman. I mean, she, she went to college that she paid for herself. She worked full-time while she was in college. She landed her dream job out of college. She was just, and then she had no debt. And I mean, she just, and she's still today, a remarkable, remarkable young lady, or actually she's a woman now, she's a mom, but she's that, you know, never give up. I'm going to stick with it. And all of those things that made her difficult, they just kind of, they kind of, you know, came off like the onion, the, you know, peeling the onion and we got to the inside and, but all of those core things is what makes her just so amazing as a person and as a leader. She's an amazing leader today. Yeah. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's a a true refining of what those things were. Um, It's remarkable. How do you uh, properly assign credit and or blame as a parent, because, you know, I think there's an aspect of we don't want to assign blame to ourselves as we've gone. And we sort of already touched on that a bit, too. But, yeah. you know, there's a there's a lot of credit that you should there should be a lot of pride that you have for, for getting through, yes. I'd imagine, in that, Lucille. Yes. What's some well, of the best? Yes, go for that. Sorry. Yes, yes. No, I, I, I'm like, this is a subject that I am like, yes, like as a parent, no matter what your kid does, you're like, oh, that's my fault. That's my fault. That's because of me. I did this. I did that. But then if they do something kind, what you're going to take credit for that too. It's like, where do you draw the line? And at the end of the day, our children make their own choices. We can guide them. We can teach them. We can teach them about God. But in the end, they have free will. I mean, we say we as adults, we have free will. We could choose to be with God or choose not to be with God. We can walk with God. We could spend time with God, or we could choose not to do those things. It's all about grace. And just like, just like us, and just how God's relationship is with us, it's all about grace. Children have free will to choose what they are going to do. It's not a parent's fault if a child makes a really, really bad decision or makes a wrong turn. It doesn't mean that it's it's your fault as a parent, that we all have free will. That's how God created us. And we all have our own bent. And, you know, I think we can guide them. But at the end of the day, they are going to make their own decisions. Yeah, just beautifully put. Um, Lucille, it's been just awesome spending a bit of time with you and hearing some of your knowledge, some of your experience. We thank you for writing this book, The Impossible Kid, Parenting a Strong-Willed Child with Love and Grace. And I'm sure it's going to bless a whole host of people uh, here in Australia as well as indeed around the world. Uh, Thanks again for your time and appreciate you being on the program. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you. Lucille Williams, the author of the book, The Impossible Kid, Parenting a Strong-Willed Child with Love and Grace here on 89.9 The Light.